You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 326 of East favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, uh, joined by executive video producer, audio engineer, expert gift giver, Zach Bircham, uh, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. What are we doing tonight? Today's episode is the Boss Hog of Liberty Year in Review. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, everything we did this year, talking about the things that we did do and then the things that we would have liked to do but didn't get a chance to. And then uh, towards the end of the show, we're going to be talking about Newcastle listed as a top town in the state to visit and then a surprise Boston trip for some cruise passengers. So <laughs> make sure you stick around until the end of the show if you want to hear what that's all about. That's it. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, if you're watching on the live stream, you see Christmas presents strewn all about the studio. Uh, if you want to know how, what they are, what the story is behind them and maybe what Dakota's new, uh, new fashion accessory is, uh, join the Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash boss hog of Liberty. That's where you can go to support the show on a monetary level. Each and every month, they start out at $5 a month, go all the way up to $50 a month. And every week we give a, uh, we do a special bonus episode that is only for the Patreon members. And it's about 20 minutes long. Today it was extra long because it is the Christmas season. We opened up some Christmas gifts and uh, talked. Jeremiah had a funny story. So we talked about that. Um, you also get show notes before the show starts. That's each and every week. And then you get access to a secret Facebook group that is exclusive to those folks only. And if you donate at $50 or more a month, we give you slash your business a shout out of on the front of every episode. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She's our favorite Norwex dealer. Then Mr. Jonathan Phillips, our favorite car dealer in the continental United States. Happy He's birthday, at, by the way, yesterday. Andy Moore, Buick and GMC and Fishers. And then Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is doing the best job he possibly can, to making sure that Santa's Christmas presents arrive on time. I believe Anthony was, uh, was in and helping spread the word about the lions that escaped the Indianapolis Zoo. Uh, today that uh, that drew national attention. Um, national attention. Uh, turns out that uh, you can't believe everything that the Kokomo Free Press reports. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> the uh, you mean the Facebook page that says it's a satire site? Yeah, the one that clearly says that it's a satire site, and and also there are also the same website, the same group, I believe that that started the uh, the kitty litter boxes in this in the public schools. So they are uh, they're two for two on uh, on their viral hits. Oh, people believe both of those. I know they to the point where they had to they had to write about it. Um, all right, so Dakota, well, let's just jump right into it today, man. Uh, favorite episode of the year as we're, this is not our last show of the year. I don't know why we're doing this today. Uh, but this favorite episode of the year, it could be today. This is what, what, this is paradoxical. What if next week's show is better than any of these? We're going to have to redo this work. Well, we were supposed to have a special guest next week whenever I wrote these notes. (laughs) So it was going to be the last host show of the year so i figured it was the best time to put this together but you know all right so your favorite you got did you prepare a list have you come in prepared zach do you have anything lined up no i'm trying to because i've got i've got three over here but i don't want to steal your thunder because i've got i've got backups just in case because i i did i did some looking I'm looking now, trying to scroll through myself. Just to- we feel well prepared. This is good. Yeah, this is a good start. Dakota, yeah, uh, my top three um, was probably the press, Blue River Tap House. Yep, the local business series, and finally getting to meet Mark Fultz. <laughs> a and very then, recent episode, in no particular order. All right, this would be my top three. So I was I I came together with three, um, and two are. I, hell, I th- actually, I think maybe I don't know if Dakota made any of these episodes. <laughs> are they racing related? All of <laughs> two them? of them are. Two of them are these young kids that we've had on that have local ties that are that are doing big things in motorsports. So I really genuinely enjoyed the Logan and Mike Adams episode. Mike is the management out there at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Uh, and then Logan is, um, you were that one. Okay. Yeah. You were here for that episode. And Logan, Logan is in the road to Indy now. Uh, he just tested a, a formula car at, uh, been, at Sebring. Yeah. He's been very active. Yeah. So he's, he's on, on his way, grandson of, uh, Indy 500 starter. So that, that episode was great listening to him and seeing where he is there and where, where his career is going to go. Very similar version. And this is, this is, I had to look, this is like January, uh, we had Gavin and Brayton on. Uh, if you guys remember, Gavin is the uh, the kid from Wayne County who uh, who's in motorsports. He's a spotter now in ARCA. Uh, just graduated from Lincoln, but he, and he also did all these race car liveries. But he did the one that Brayton Laster crashed into. Uh, Brayton is from the south side of Indianapolis and wound up doing about six ARCA races this year. But he, he made his second start at Daytona in the ARCA race, which was just absolutely mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I remember that episode. Figure eight races, and Zach going, does this guy's uh, parents even like him? Yeah. <laughs> still still have questions. <laughs> and the uh, the third favorite I had was, was probably the one we've referenced the most throughout the year and has gotten me the most tags on Facebook, was the tipping episode. Where where things just snapped, and I think the rest of the world has has also caught up yeah. to our uh, caught up to where it's, we were. That's still very and, much a topic. But the tipping, the out of control tipping culture, um, which by the way, it's Christmas time. Be very generous. I'm very generous. Hell, I think I tipped. I've tipped damn near every opportunity it, I've had. Yeah, if somebody's but, giving you a service, then and they're like they're putting in work. Yeah, get, we're not anti tipping. We're anti being asked to tip for things in which nothing was actually done. 
carry out pizza at Papa John's. Yeah. When you have to drive there, you place the order, you put it in the computer, they just spit it out and set it there. And they, yeah, can you give me five bucks for this? That's, that's the episode. There was yeah. an insane one. I can't remember. There's one that was like, yeah, so there's some real crazy ones out. So yeah, the tipping episode. All right, Zach, we've killed enough time for you. What do you got? Um, I'll try to do three myself. Um, and I, I was on the thing. I was, yeah, I was having to scroll through them as well. Um, the 500 one's always fun. So the, the and, uh, it's our pre-race one. Um, I was trying to look here. The tipping one does because I don't know. Sean's always fun to come on the show because Sean Sean just comes on the show and goes off. And the third one I'll do Bliver Tap House because um, Mike's just a cool guy and he's kind of like the he's a little bit of the embodiment of downtown Newcastle at this point. He's just like real enthusiastic and um, I, every time I drive by there, I, be, I we went there last week, but every time I drive by there, I'm excited to see how busy he is. So those would be my three. And that's been one of the highlights for me this year. And I think you guys will all agree has been the, you know, focusing on local businesses, on small businesses in town, uh, particularly some of the excitement in the downtown area. But the, uh, the small business series that we've had has been, uh, has, has, I felt that that's very rewarding. And yeah, I think the audience yeah. enjoyed it. I know we started out the year talking amongst ourselves that this was going to be a decidedly a much less political year. And we were going to just, but we were going to be doing small businesses and just people we find interesting in general. And I think that that's paid off for us. I mean, uh, at this point, we're not overtly political people in our lives. We were when we started this show, but our lives have shifted since yeah. then. But we also recognize that this, you know, it's a, we are naturally able to have a conversation and make some of that happen. So as we go right. into 2024, uh, fully expect and be ready for us to to jump in and have have the conversations with all the local thought leaders. And that's I I was having this discussion with uh, my wife and some friends where they were we were talking about the podcasts and um, talking about the candidate series in particular. And it's like, yeah, the candidate series is the time where it it feels the most like work, like you're doing work to make the show happen. But at the same time, it's also very fulfilling series because you feel like you're actually doing a good service, providing yeah. a very valuable service. I think so. It's definitely not something that like we're ever going to drop, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's honestly the only place that some of these folks get challenged to have complete thoughts and full, not just a soundbite, but a real conversation about real issues. And right. it's the essentially it's the sitting around in a living room talking to people, you know, it's a, you sit down and uh, it's interactive, you know, the audience is involved and, and it, there's never any gotcha questions, but I, I think the way we do it is uniquely um, able to help the audience understand who candidates are it is and, and understand impossible. how government works better. It is impossible to get to know someone through a structured formal debate. It's not going to happen. When you get two questions and you get three minutes to talk to it and that's it. Right. You get to know someone through a free form conversation that is done without interruption. We're sitting here. We're talking to each other. We all have the headphones on. So we're all hearing each other at the same noise level. And that works in your brain to make sure that you know you're equal to the people beside you. And that's, I mean... That is the most natural way a person talks. And nobody ever... The, the, the way... The unique thing about what way the way this show is designed is that when we have a full, long-form conversation with everybody, and everybody, there's never a commercial break. We never have to cut away. 
and nobody can ever say, well, I didn't get a chance to say that because we literally go back around the room and everybody cleans something up at the end of the episode. Right. You know, yeah. that final thoughts period where people get the chance to promote themselves to clean up, uh, to, to get to that special topic that they've, that they wanted to get to. Um, I, I really do think it's valuable and I'd, obviously we're thankful to the, uh, to the special support we get to make that happen each year. Uh, by the way, 2024 election is, it's, it's here. Uh, it's here. Uh, Commissioner Plummer has announced her reelection. So we've got uh, that's going to be coming. Uh, we'll have everybody come through the door. Invites will go out once once we've got to the filing deadline and we know who who's going to be on the ballot. Uh, and we may selectively start to do some uh, some invitations to some folks at a uh, statewide and regional level as well. See if uh, see if people want to sit down and have a conversation. For sure. I'm not sure we're going to get all 75 candidates running for governor uh, to come through. But uh, we may send some invites out and have some folks sit down with us. I can reach out to Mike Braun and see if he remembers meeting me at the Senate debate seven years ago, whenever that was, six years ago. In the MS lobby. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the... I at In January of this year, when we were talking about what the year was going to look like, I came in with a list of potential guests. Okay. That I would like. Did we get any of them? Well, number one on the list is the owners of the soon-to-be Blue River Tap House at the time. Check. They All right. Check. Yep. One for one. They were supposed to be opening this year. Number, I wanted to get them on. They were number, number one. Number two, you had Rudy Giuliani. Number two was the owners of Primo. Uh, we've tried. Yeah, that, we've tried on that one. <laughs> Number and it's honestly, it's because we record on Thursdays and Thursdays, one of their busiest nights. Yeah. yeah. And, and if, and when we, you know, we can actually get, we'll have Katie on, uh, it, when we do a Monday or Tuesday show and it's not a last second, Hey, we need to do a Tuesday. We're going to make it work, but it has not happened yet. But, yeah. That's just dealing with entrepreneurs, but that is not due to lack of effort on yeah. either side. Yeah. They're trying. All right. What else you got? Um, uh, we also have number three, which, uh, Kind of, we did. That would be the Pointer Brothers. They have been on. They have been on. Uh, I will say that uh, they have their raffle, their police department raffle coming up yep. tomorrow night. They're still selling tickets. Uh, so if you follow them on Facebook at all, uh, jump on the Facebook Pointer Brothers and they are uh, they're auctioning off or raffling off a, uh, a custom Newcastle Police Department bicycle uh, that's raising money for uh, police charities. The number four on the list is my doctor, Megan Ash. She never came on. Did you invite her? No, Have because I saw the nurse practitioner this year. <laughs> so didn't work out. Were you just trying to get a free checkup on the air? Yeah. <laughs> um, then number five, we have the owners of the press. Yes. Got it. All right. Happen. Number six would have been my friend, Zach Lohorn, who's a tattoo artist in Cambridge City. Got a different tattoo artist. Yep. Didn't happen with Zach. I didn't even try, though. You got Mark Fultz. So. You moved on. Gonna have to talk to Zach soon. Mm-mm-mm. Then we have Mr. James Thurston, who works for the Courier Times. I wanted to get him in here, get his perspective from the Courier. Um, then we had Townsend Appliance. I had a question mark beside that because we've never talked to anybody in that even remotely related to that industry. Which, by the way, shout out to Townsend. They helped me out big time on Saturday because my dryer, the motor burned up. It's a Samsung dryer, five years old. I took it completely apart because I thought the burning smell might just be 
it's an electric, so I thought maybe Lint had just got on the heating element. Lint had got on the heating element, but uh, the motor had also burned up, and the motor itself was $300 just to buy the replacement part. So, To do it yourself? To do it myself. So I texted my wife, and I said, let's just go see what Townsend has. They had a used dryer that was... V- much nicer than the current one we have for $300. So it just kind of worked out. So just swapped it like, out. Yeah, let's just do that. And then were you a real Hoosier and you brought it down to Neil Scrap Metal, the old one, and got $33 out of it? Uh, no, my dad took it to his house and set it on the curb with a free sign and it was gone that night. So <laughs> yeah, because that out. person took it down to Neil's and they got $33. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then we have next on the list, Mr. Corey Murphy, which I don't remember if Corey came on the show this year or not. I don't think he did. I'll have to ask him. I just talked to Corey. I saw him last week. I don't think that Corey came on this year. I don't think he has. I don't think Corey, Dakota invited him. That's weird. Nope. And then uh, next on the list would be my cousin, who's the funeral director, Josh Silvers. Um, and then, which I just talked to him tonight, and he would be interested in coming. And then we have, which by the way, the funeral director thing, I think that it's like, okay, some people might think, why, that, why would you do that? It's kind of morbid. Just think it's kind of would be a lot of people don't really understand. We don't really, we're so separated from the after death process and it's kind of freaky and weird. So I think that some education there might be good. I'm going to ask a lot of business questions. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, the folks from the Wilbur Wright Trail. By the way, Indiana, World Center of Death, caskets made right here. Yeah. Lynn, Indiana. Batesville, Indiana. Batesville. That's the two, your two big casket carnival manufacturers right there. Yeah. Um, Great bit on Bob and Tom casket carnival. We have next on the list would be Wilbur Wright Trail. Oh, that's good. So Wilbur Wright's gone, man. It's too late. We missed that one. Jeff Ray, uh, who'd be the guy to contact on that, I have written down. And then we have the folks from Hunger Skate Parks. And then hard to track down now. The last on the list, I just have disc golf written. All right. Don't well, know what that means. This seems to be aspirational for Dakota <laughs> to uh to to actually make good on some of these uh that you uh that you have not invited. This is the the best part is that it's the uh, these are thoughts I had, but I didn't do anything about it. Yeah. For any local people, because you mentioned the trail, if you have the chance, go out and check out the stretch of trail. I think what they call phase three. It's out in Moreland. It's pretty awesome. When are they going to connect it to, though? That's the trick. You got to drive because once they do connect them together, I know what's going to. It, it will mean that you can go from essentially the YMCA all the way to Richmond on a trail, well, or all the way to Muncie not on a trail. Quite connected to Cardinal Greenway yet, but they're close. And I think that they've kind of if what the and I did not speak to Jeff Ray. I spoke to somebody else who's a kind of a Moorlander, um, and he said that they've kind of handed some of that off to Randolph County. Because they have, they think that they could get that done a little quicker. But they have pretty close. It's, now, you runners would like for it to be some sort of a loop, would you not? Where you don't uh, want? Do you want to run out and back? You need to be able to connect the three. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Yeah, if you did a lot, you'd want to do an out and back, or you want to do a loop of some sort. Uh, but for that kind of mileage, I mean, the section they have now to do it is like almost it's it's over five miles it's like 5.3 i think to do a, an out and back on it that's not too circle. bad but who, who would love for it to be a loop is probably bicyclists because some of the bicyclists are out there doing like 35 50 miles 
And I know one person that he didn't use trail for the whole thing, but he would ride his bike up to Muncie and then come back on the Cardinal Greenway and then do the trails as he could coming back into town. But um, I think the problem is I think, and this is, think there's some grumpy old farmers that don't want to turn their land loose. And that's really what's holding it up in a lot of situations is literally grumpy guys that don't have any use for land, but they don't want the trail to be there. All right. So in in local exciting news, yeah. uh, worldatlas.com, which is the authority on what, Dakota? The World Atlas. On 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 the things all over the globe. Um, <laughs> worldatlas.com has named the 10 most beautiful small towns in Indiana that you should visit. And uh, let's see. Marion made it. Logansport made it. Connorsville made it. Marion made it, but beautiful Newcastle made it. And you can actually see the photo that they used in. You can see our studios in the picture. It's true. In the picture they chose. How did, listen, I drive through Connorsville a lot. I did did not want to call out one town, but I have, I drive through Connorsville quite a bit because there's campgrounds that are kind of down by there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, your same situation for you. I have never looked around at Connorsville and said, dang, this is a beautiful town. What Connorsville has going, and this is, is going to be about Newcastle, but what Connorsville still has going for it is that they still have the train. Right. They have, there are some activities that bring you to Connorsville that you don't have in other places. And I my, think the train system is, is a part of that. My little family, um, Jackson, Audrey, and myself did the Polar Express on the Whitewater Valley train this year. And the day that we did it, the Christmas in downtown Connorsville was happening the same night. And I will admit that I was absolutely blown away by the amount of people, how nice it looked in downtown Connorsville, because it was... Okay, being completely honest, and I mean no offense to anybody in Connorsville, but... This is the the same thing you're going to say they would say about Newcastle, so... One time, this is what happens amongst basketball rivals. I said one, one time whenever I was driving through Connorsville, I said I said to my wife, you know, there's a person like Aaron Dickin in this city that is just putting everything that they have into making this city something. And I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but to my surprise, in my total shock... And bewilderment, the Christmas in downtown Connorsville was beautiful, clean, very nice, and the amount of people was great. It felt very safe and welcoming. So, you know, kudos, hats off to Connorsville. That person, they finally pulled it together. In general, small towns around here are doing killer jobs for Christmas. Like even go to Middletown, go drive down 40. 40 is just like a trove of just cool small towns that are doing great jobs with their downtowns. But yeah, I mean, you can, I've drove into Newcastle from the east and it's gorgeous coming into downtown because you have the arts park. If it's the right day of the week, and I think they're all lit up now all the time. They're lit up. The things going down the streets are lit up. There's one side street near the press that's got the light strung across the street. Yep. Um, yeah. So downtowns are doing a killer job. So we got recognized in World Atlas for. Uh, being founded in the 19th century, also known as the 1800s, uh, we're the county seat of Henry County. 
situated along the Big Blue River. Uh, we are the headwaters of the Big Blue River over here, by the way, in Henry County. Uh, 17,500 restra- uh, restaurants, inhabitants, uh, hot summers, cold winters, 44 miles east of Indianapolis. Uh, we have Summit Lake State Park, hiking, biking, fishing, bird watching, all popular, uh, and our 1866 courthouse in the commercial historic district uh, with 19th century architecture. Uh, and of course, we have the uh, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, which is getting an expansion. Big time. Big stuff. Um, East yeah. Chicago. East Chicago. I've also Anderson. been to East Chicago and have some thoughts about that city. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was scrolling through the list. I was like, East Chicago. <laughs> like... Even the picture that I, they used in East Chicago. You're like, I do. Ugh. I I I am <laughs> excited that we made the list, and it's some hometown pride. But I do have some follow up questions about the <laughs> metrics that were used. It it kind of I wonder because I saw the East Chicago picture, and it's like they did like a search for like but I, Nashville's I, on there too. Okay, and I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna be a little controversial. VBA, VBA, I, I yeah. disagree with Nashville. The Craw Crawfordsville. I. To me, and this is a weird thing to say about, to me, Nashville is not like a, a community, a town you go to to visit this town. It's a mini tourist trap. Yeah. And like, it's got a, it's got an okay courthouse and there's some businesses around there and it's a cool place to go. But I did, but Nashville is like its own thing. Nashville, Indiana is the one small town in Indiana that said, stay the hell out of here. You're not welcome, sir. Yeah. yeah. During COVID. Yeah. We have one pharmacy and one grocery store. Get out. But like, I do not, cons- I don't, I can't think of anything. And my grandparents, my grandparents were a member of the Nashville community for a while. They lived down there. And so there is something there, but I don't think of it as a town that's like the people go to to live. Well, it's in that, in there, they, uh, the folks at World Atlas do note that there's only 1300 people who live there. Yeah. And Does it upset you, Dakota, that Anderson made the list? Muncie did not. But uh, but Anderson did. I'd rather go to Anderson than Muncie. Be like downtown, downtown. See, yeah. Anderson's fifty thousand people, so I don't. It's small town. That's a city, and they've got some cool stuff. Like they've got what is it? The lemon drops in Anderson. It is. Yeah. yeah. So they've got some cool, like little Oakley Brothers Distillery. This is downtown Anderson. Yeah. Very nice. Very super good food. And they got there. what jeans root beer on the one. See, but this is town. this is the key here is that it's about the people and the businesses and the attractions. It's not it, it's a, it's about the landmark locations that, that exist. Places that you can do commerce, places that you can interact, places you can yeah. do stuff. Right. Nashville to me is is the uh it's the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge of Indiana. Yeah. It's there because of the state parks there and it's like our, you know, color peak color central part of the state when i go to brown county uh the highlights for me do not include paying to park in downtown nashville and walking around yeah i'll do it if other people want to but i'm pretty much happy to stay in the state park yeah i grew i mean like my grandparents live just outside there they live uh i think on the other side of bean blossom and i love nashville but i would not call it like I wouldn't put it in the same class as like another small town. Like I said, there's just not as much of a community there to me. Now we have been enjoying some beautiful weather. I think Christmas day, it's going to be like 50 degrees, something like that. Yeah. Um, we did have a one four, 14 minutes of snow that squalled. We've actually had peak Indiana weather Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> no, cause this is what it's been like Monday, Tuesday, frigid cold the last two weeks. It was 13 degrees one yes. morning. This and, week. Then, and then three days later, it's 47. 
And so like we, t- we talk about the reason why we have potholes here is because of the freeze thaw cycle. We are in it right now. We are in like a seven day freeze frost, you know, cycle at this point. So this is the time of the year where people start to think about taking their winter vacations. And there are 4,000 people who took a, who signed up for the uh, MSC Meraviglia cruise from Brooklyn, New York, and it was scheduled to take them to the Bahamas. Seven days, beautiful, going to go to the private resort for MSC cruises down there uh, and set up and enjoy themselves. I think these people will say that they left on on Tuesday. They're supposed to sail out Tuesday at 4 o'clock. You roll in, you check into your cruise, say 10 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. Monday night, 8 o'clock, they get an email. Due to the weather and the absolute disaster that's happening in the Atlantic Ocean, we can no longer take you to the south. Uh, we cannot reach the Bahamas. You can have all of your money back as a future cruise credit. Uh, and you can choose any of our MSC cruises that you want. Or you can go ahead and sail with us. And we are going to take you to a beautiful Christmas for three days and three nights in Boston, Massachusetts. One night in Portland, Maine, and then because they have to go international to make it legal, one day in St. John, New Brunswick in December. In December. (laughs) I can't even fathom how they just didn't say, we're really sorry. We know we're going to owe you for a hotel, but we're canceling because... They had, I know the story like that Jeremiah sent us a video and they're interviewing this woman and she's literally like, I had myself and three kids. I literally had to dump the suitcases, take all the stuff out and then put all this winter clothes in. And someone was complaining about how cold it was on the boat. And then I stopped and thought about the fact that cruise ships, these big monsters, they have pools, they have water slides, they have all this stuff outside. And you're planning to spend that time outside and you're not doing that in December. In Boston <laughs> or Canada, like you're just stuck in yeah peak. The peak time to go to Canada is like September and October. That's that's when you want to go. Maybe August, yeah, like an early fall. Yeah, you want to go up for the fall foliage. I, there's not much they can do about it. If it's too dangerous to send the thing to the south, if they say, "Hey, you can have all your money back," it's nobody's fault. But my God, that's a pain. I think they should give them the cruise and still get their money back. <laughs> like, I mean, he's like, I, I think, the, and I think they probably gave him a few hundred dollars yeah, in credit I they, on board. I hope they gave him all the free booze they could drink. Yeah. But like, just you can't. And, and you see, you was like the night before. I bet that there are people that were, oh, there were people, in, like, people in New York in a hotel with their bags and they flew in or drove in. They don't have the ability to go home. When we, when we go on a cruise out on a Sunday, we usually leave our house on Friday. Yeah. And you're traveling, right? And you roll into town. They kind of say they advise to come in on the Saturday before. And if you're going out on Sunday, uh, but this is also why they do say you should have travel insurance, <laughs> you know, right? Because you, the, the way the rules are set up for these things is that they say we can change the ports at any time. And generally it's not as drastic as, Hey, instead of taking you down to the Bahamas, you're going to go, you, you can only go so many directions. I get, they couldn't get to Bermuda, I guess, right? It was going to be too, the weather was going to hit Bermuda too. So they had, to, they had to go north. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the three nights in a row in Boston. It, can you imagine if you live in Massachusetts you, you, and you were going down 
<laughs> you went to New yes, York to sail there, out, there could have been and then they come back they sail home back to your house. So like, well, I guess I can at least like yeah, well, at least back home. kind of schedule an excursion to go back to my house and get my clothes. I'm gonna like, feed so my dog. Yeah, you. I bet there was. And the people, a poor person, interviewed. They're like, they planned this whole trip with their family for a year. Yeah. Now, I also will say that there are some folks that don't care where it goes. Yeah, they never go and, look out and the they're window. and they're gonna they're happy to go. They're on there to to gamble. They're in the casino. They're on there for the unlimited open bar. Yeah. They're there for the shows and the piano players, and they don't give a damn about anything else, and they're fine with it. There, so there are people that said, "Hey, sweet bonus, all right." Now, yeah, they were like, "Never been to Canada." Yeah. Now, the 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 drawback though for our Canadian New England cruise that we took, um. Because all those people are not up at the pool deck, they're all in your damn way. <laughs> yeah, I bet so they're all in the three or four yeah. floors inside in all the bars and restaurants where they want to hang out. They're in the, there's just too many people in those areas because the weather's crap. That's the that's the drawback to it. Um, just, to yeah, just like we went from New York to to beautiful Boston. It's just like that's like coming here and like well. We were going to take you to Florida, but now we're going to take you to Muncie. We're going to go to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, just like, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I would have done if I would have asked for a refund or just gone ahead with it. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, and that's that's what I wanted to pull you guys as to what you what you would do. We joked about it because when we went, you know, in the, the Jason months, right? So like June through November are hurricane season. So things can happen. And this is December's a weird time. It's not a hurricane, but it was a this massive storm. I think down in Miami they had like everybody's stuff, even the all the cruise ships coming in on Sunday, there were like seven ships that didn't get in till late in the afternoon. So all of these people that were supposed to fly out couldn't get out on their you know, all of these things, you know, tons of travel messes. There's probably sixty thousand people that were trying to come in and out of that port that had their days affected and screwed up. Um you never know, right? You never know what happened. So when we were going to sail out in September, it was, uh, there's a chance that there's going to be a storm that hits the Northeast, that hits Canada and New England, and they would have taken us down to the to Bahama or the Bermuda. And you, you're like, I have all these sweatshirts packed, and the opposite could happen, and you could end up down in 85 degrees in the South, and you've got one pair of shorts. Yeah. You never know. And it almost did happen. Yeah. It was, I mean, the... When we sailed we were out, a week separated. When we sailed out, the the crews before us sat in New York Harbor for two days because they had to basically come back early and just sat there and waited. So it happened. I mean, things happen. So you you think you would have taken the trip if you found, if you had already gone out there? You don't. It's like how disappointing would it be to be like, oh, screw this, I'm just going home, and then you go to work on Monday. You don't want to burn right. your vacation. You've got a week off. It's not like you're just going to go back to work Monday and then reschedule it. You've already done all the work to plan your to get ready for. I would have just it. done it and been like, "Oh, it makes a good story." Just bitch I'd, about it and be I'd, like, "I would have done it," but then like throw enough of a fit that I was going to get a significant discount. On <laughs> I was trying to see when it actually left because it's bizarre. I look at the. I'm like, I was like, I'll, I don't know when this happened. It, the story's from today. I mean, uh, I'll look it up right now. I'll find the. Uh, see, I'm the type of guy that would have just waited and seen if other people got discounts on their next cruise. Yeah, yeah. Like, like just get get the grumpy line back at the back and just, yeah. oh, you can go ahead of me. And yeah. Just see what people are getting. And then people are they're like, nope, can't do anything. I'm like, because okay. I'm I'm obviously not like a meteorologist. But you look at the weather. There's a there's a big storm front that's like ripping across the Atlantic it looks like but there's like nothing right off the coast I'm kind of curious as to what <laughs> oh, was going on it's up there right now uh, we can we can look this up here current position of the MSC Meraviglia 
uh, which sails year round from New York City. So if you get on a cruise in New York City in January, see, that's the gamble. I mean, I who knows, right? It's, you chose. You, it's not like you said, "Hey, I'm going to sail out of Tampa." It's, it's always cruised. going from New York, How and you long? chose to do it. So is it? I'm assuming it was going to be a couple days to get to where it was going to be warm. Yeah, it's going to be. If you sail out of New York this time of the year, it's going to be cold for a couple days anyway. It is. Uh, it 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 just finished calling on Canada. It's it's on its way out right now. Of okay, uh, so the storm John. front that's out in the middle of the Atlantic now is probably what they were dealing with. Yeah. So it was. Let's see. This sailed out on the 16th of December, and it was meant to go. Uh, we should have left on the 16th, which would have been Drumroll, Dakota. We're looking. We're looking. We're looking. I mean, which would have been? It would have. It would have left on Saturday uh, from from New York City, Brooklyn, and it would have gotten to. Port Canaveral, which is the Orlando area, on uh, Monday the 18th. They were supposed to be in Nassau, Bahamas, on Tuesday the 19th. And one day at the private island, uh, MSC's Ocean K, on uh, Wednesday the 20th. And then they would have had these two days sailing back and back in New York City on Saturday. So one one week round trip. God, I love the Bahamas. So beautiful. Yep. And uh, and the people getting on this week will get that trip. They're going to get a Christmas cruise. <laughs> and they get to go. The next, the next crowd is going to go. And they're going to have such a story to tell. These people go off the boat. And they got their little maple leaf flags. And they're like they buffalo had, checks. They stuff, had their poutine. And the people are getting on have like flip-flops and Hawaiian shirts. And you're like, oh, to have been Bastards. one week off. <laughs> I, yeah. That's just. That's, I don't think I could deal with the disappointment. The beaver tail yeah. and the poutine. And what if it's like some of these people is like their first and only shot of the cruise? Maybe like maybe they'll probably if it's somebody's first cruise, they're never going to do a cruise again. When we went to Destin this year, you know, we got back on Saturday, and it was like Tuesday the hurricane hit. It was like, whoo, missed that one. Good, made really good timing there. We had perfect weather all week, but then my cousins in Tennessee. They were supposed to be in Destin the week after us and had to cancel their trip. So just never know. We've gotten to our vacation spot a couple of times in the uh, month after a storm's hit and just seeing the cleanup and stuff and just thankful we have a place to go. But yeah, I, the disappointment of we're going to Bahamas too. We're going to Boston. Mm. Our, our next cruise is in February from Puerto Rico. And uh, there's no way in hell they can get us up to Canada and back in that amount of time. So I know it's not going to happen to me. As long as I can get to Puerto Rico, they'll take me somewhere and it, it should be fine. At least it will be warm. Uh, but that's so that's the problem, right? Like if you're if you're in Miami, you're on the tip of Florida, they could take you to the Bahamas. They can go to the Western Caribbean, the Eastern Caribbean. They got like three different itineraries they could sail away from it. If you're leaving from New York City and you've got something coming up from the southeast... There's only one direction they can take you. You're just hosed. I would have rather you're not sailing up the Hudson. I'd have rather yeah. done like um, Iceland or Greenland. You can't get there in time. Is that far? How's that? Well, I mean, I feel like they're going to down the eastern, the whole eastern seaboard. How long did it take them to get to Boston? Like three hours. Yeah, you just oh, well, you got to go around Long Island. Uh, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> you got to sail. You got to sail around the end of Long you probably Island. Probably could have easily drop somebody off, and that person could have gotten public transportation and beat you to the port in Boston. Oh, no problem at all. Yeah, you can get on the Acela train and be there in like three hours. Just, I, but uh, I mean, we did when we sailed out of New York. It was uh, the next day we were in uh, in, in Rhode Island, uh, whatever the hell town. It wasn't Providence. It's the other the other major town in Rhode Island. It's right there. 
So yeah, it's it's all it, they're all one day one day jump back and forth. But some of the Caribbean stuff, you're just island hopping. You're going like twenty miles. It's no big thing. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. It's a short episode today. If you want more, join the Patreon. It's uh, that's a long one over there. It was. You get the get the full thing, Zach. Thoughts and prayers. Driving. Don't hit reindeer on your uh, on your on your journeys. But uh, calling on all the family. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to travel very far, so I'm thankful for that. But yeah, anybody else has traveled more than me. I've seen people driving to work this week. I've seen cars with the roof racks with all the luggage on the top or hanging off the back, and I'm like, I've never had that reality. So pray that Southwest doesn't have another meltdown this time. No major storm coming. Uh, Christmas last year. That so that was so that three inches of snow we got was the Southwest Airlines storm that caused them to get Brought a hundred eighty million dollar fine last week from Brought the Department of Transportation. Their, their MS DOS based computer system. That yeah. was the start of all of their that was, woes. That was the four days that they were down. They, they were the only airline that was down for that long because they couldn't. They literally couldn't get caught up. Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully people have a much easier holiday South travel. Season. Southwest. That's a music festival. It's still my preferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Rossi goes to it. Uh, it's still my preferred uh, air, air travel air travel version. I did try. I did look. There's a there's a real fly by night airline that's supposed to have direct flights from Columbus, Ohio, down to New Orleans, and from Louisville to New Orleans. And I'm like, oh man, I could. I'd really like really like New Orleans. One time I went. If I can get on a direct flight and I can get down there two hours to Louisville and then a two hour flight to New Orleans, I'd do it. Uh, and they they started taking the trips like in spring of this year they've just vaporized them from the website they don't even exist anymore <laughs> they, they don't the, the new orleans website says oh yeah we got flights to go there and then you search and they just they're, they're just gone um completely completely disappeared <sighs> i don't know the airline zach you can finish up here and i'll tell i'll, I'll finish the story i was, by trying to th- I was just Louis. Yeah. no other than that uh, yeah just trying to try and get some relaxation in over the weekend and the weather didn't look too bad I haven't really watched any Christmas movies, so I need to cram some Christmas movies in. I've only watched Home Alone, and that was Thanksgiving weekend. I was at a lunch this week in the uh, very nice restaurant, very like twenty five dollars and above. You know, real fancy like uh, restaurant. B Dubs um, <laughs> yeah. up in Fort Wayne, uh, and they were playing Home Alone off of a DVD in the restaurant. It was not. Uh, it wasn't just like on cable or whatever, because it because it got to the end and it was just showing like the DVD splash screen uh, over and over That's and over awesome. again at the end of it. That's so great. Uh, on like half of their half their TVs, but it's a very nice restaurant. I'm like, huh. That's kind of. That's cool. a classic. Home Alone is such a good movie. It's a great movie. Home Alone Two is also very good. After that, so, yeah. don't bother watching. Kevin McAllister finally got his star. In the walk of fame. Yeah. And his mom, Catherine O'Hara, was there. Yeah, she was, was there, there for it to him. Yeah. Breeze Airways. Jeez. Breeze. I make fun of Dakota for flying Allegiant. Flybreeze.com. Wow. How'd you get here? On a on a on a warm southern breeze. Hey, well, we put we put enough fuel in there to get halfway and we coast the rest of the way down. That sounds it's a, like it's a glider coming back. It's an airline named after a discount Plymouth car. $29 one way flights. Uh, but there's a very, it's, it's another one of those where they're like, says, um, the website says nice flights from $29 one way. One of your, and what if it's standing room only? We don't even put seats in here. Yeah. They're you, nice. Do you want to fly direct from Burlington to Orlando? We can do it. Um, yeah, but the, there's just, there's just nothing left that, oh, wait, do they say Indiana? Oh, the Evansville. 
Evansville 2, drum roll. Zach, you want to guess the one city they'll take you to from Evansville? No. Where? Mickey Mouse. Orlando. Orlando. What kind of planes? How old are right. they? I bet that they, I bet you can look at the plane and tell who used to own it. Probably. <laughs> it's kind of like old police cars. Yeah. You see the outline a, of like, yeah. what, a, like the American it's Airlines. It's like, it's like, it's, yeah. it's like an old Pizza Hut building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's now the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> it's, of the still, it's still just like faded into the paint. And you're like, oh God, that's a Pan Am. How old is that? Breeze Airways owns 35 aircraft. They were founded in 2018. Uh, efforting here. Uh, they got an old jet blue guy that's in charge. And uh, they operate seven Embraer 195s that used to belong to Azul, uh, which I think was a tequila company. Uh, <laughs> Ten Embraer 190s that used to belong to Air Canada, eh? Uh, and they have uh, currently 18 Airbus A220s that uh, were brand new. Those are real popular planes. I've heard it of says to be reconfigured for 137 seats. So they're just cramming. Yeah, I was going to say, it's staying, you're standing. Allegedly, they have 62 more ordered. I don't know. I, I'm all for more airplanes and more airlines, but it scares the hell out of me uh, when when they just don't, don't just, they're not there. Seating, first class seats are only available on the a- A220s. They're on a 2-2 layout. Uh, they're... Uh, da, da, da. In your first class, you have to sit next to somebody. Well, yeah, most planes you still have two at two, unless you're in a tiny little thing, or like two, two, and two. Yeah, I don't know. You guys ever been on a commercial flight that was a prop plane? Yes, I have on United a couple of times. No, I don't think I have. And they were the the two and one loud, loud, loud things. We took a flight from Chicago to Indianapolis one time. That was a prop plane, and then one from Honolulu to Maui. It was a very small plane. <laughs> the one I took, you know, one I took in Hawaii, I think, was like a seven thirty seven, or so. it was like kind of big. And then I've done Chicago. I've done the Chicago to, but it wasn't a prop plane. Man, I don't think I could have got my wife on a prop plane. We came back to actually Chicago no. Uh, the Chicago to Indy wasn't a prop plane. It was just a small plane. Those little commuter jets. Like yeah, little, and you get out on jumpers. the tarmac. But yeah, it didn't even say like if there's not American Airlines. Trying to think of what their like subsidiary was. That was like the the commuter jets, and it what because they weren't really like considered like American Airlines or something like that. it was a different thing, but they had the same like livery. There yeah. wasn't even the American one in, Eagle flights. The one from Honolulu to Maui, there wasn't even overhead luggage compartments. <sighs> That's always a great feeling. It's just like picture the goats in the cages in the back, whatever. Like you picture like <laughs> I would Indiana Jones. It was movie. so it was so small. There was one flight attendant, and she just like hollered at you. Yeah. It's like, hey, Dakota, do you need anything? First name basic. The planes that go into Messina, yeah. New York, you get to, there's there's a pilot and there's the other pilot's seat and they let passengers sit there because they have to balance the weight out. They're that small. They hold like eight people. Yeah. And nope. you got to have to have people sit in the, uh, sit in the co-pilot and they have to, like, seat. Like ask you, like weighing everything. Oh, to yeah. See how much fuel, like, yeah. Yeah. They told that- us over the intercom, there is no restroom on the airplane. <laughs> so use a restroom before you get on. Because yeah, at least that's a short flight, <laughs> right? It was. Well, I bet some people get up in the air, and I bet that causes pressure things. It probably makes people have to go to the bathroom. Well, thoughts and prayers if anybody's traveling and grab uh, a bottle. If you're flying on Breeze Airways, uh, just just do your best. Hope they don't cancel before. Because I, I literally, I was like, I'm gonna give these people a shot, and uh, yeah, they don't. The flights they advertise don't even exist. 
I, that's what I'm afraid of. You pick one of these fly by nights that goes down on Thursday and come. There's a flight on Thursday and then there's a flight on Sunday. And, and then it's, oh between. shit, we can't go on Sunday now. Well, you can come back on Thursday that you go wait another week. The thing that's, with Allegiant going to Florida is that they're just constantly making that trip. The, yeah, it's just a bread and butter flight. For yeah, you know, they can get people. That's the thing is like, I mean, like New Orleans, is there enough? Like some of those, you're like random places. You're like, how many people need to do this? Like, was this a smart flight? There's a reason why you always hear advertisements for direct flights to Orlando. Right. Because, or somewhere in Florida, because like warm places and places with the one of the largest. How many flights traps. are going from Columbus, Ohio to New Orleans? Yeah. Like how many people? Have, yeah. Yeah. It's great if it works for you, but oh. it scares me. Jeremiah got uh, Jeremiah. You've had five hours of sleep. <laughs> Four and week. a half. It's been bad. I I need to be done. I said five hours total over the past week. It's horrific. So let's wrap this baby up. But Merry Christmas, Dakota. Any final thoughts? I have nothing. All right. Drive safe. Watch out for deer. Have fun. I'm going to Canada tomorrow because I'm crazy. I'll be back tomorrow night though. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>